0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
1: Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 26th in the year of our Lord 2022. This is our one of two and our goal always, to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio, in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution of the United States of America. That is our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We were live for Thanksgiving. We had a bunch of incredible guests. We were live yesterday, Friday with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website, his whole Collegiate series and lifelong golden match to preserve the nation. And we talked about Psalms 19, quote to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. We talked about America. We talked about the night skies. We talked about what a wonderful place we have to live and be. We talked about the sacrifice of our founders and the legacy they set forth. We talked about the principles that made America great. We talked about our responsibility related there too. We have responsibility to our constitutional republic we talked about the roots of our constitutional republic may be traced directly to the sacrifice of the pilgrims. We talked about George Washington specifically, and we talked about three main addresses he gave. First, his inaugural address, April 30th, 1789. We talked about his Thanksgiving proclamation, the George Washington Thanksgiving proclamation given on October 3rd, 1789. In George Washington's farewell address of September 19th, 1796. We talked about the nation's first president called for the American people to remain unified, to resist the rise of political factions and avoid the influence of foreign powers. George Washington used his final public address as president. It was never given in a speech. It was written and delivered through newspapers all across the country. He wanted to warn against what he considered the two greatest dangers to American prosperity. What is that, you say? Answer, political parties and foreign wars. We're up. We're into both to our eyeballs, ladies and gentlemen. Political parties and foreign wars. we got to avoid those like the plague, said General George Washington in his farewell address. Religion and morality are necessary conditions of the preservation of a free government. Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. That was our one. We continued with Dr. Scott Bradley. We talked about John Quincy Adams. Duty is ours. Results are God's. We talked about Dr. Bradley's point that everyone that holds political office should, quote, pray daily, study the scriptures daily, and frequently read the U.S. Constitution and the George Washington's farewell address. Yeah, that farewell address is packed with educational importance, folks. The bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, is we need to set our hearts on God, family, and country. We must spend our time on promoting Christ-like love through service and sacrifice. Um, That's what we talked about yesterday. Our broadcast on Thanksgiving was equally powerful, promoting God, family, and country. We shall do no less today. We got a couple of topics to discuss with our guests before we get to the main issues of today's show. But Chris Carlson, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir.
2: Yes, sir, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in that fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. All
3: right. A
1: A couple of headlines to mention before we get to the topics at hand today that I just discovered in my news troll last night and this morning. Biden signs G20 declaration to force use of vaccine passports for international travel you heard me Joe Biden signs a declaration to force passports for international travel vaccine passports world's 20 biggest economies give quote go ahead Forbes.com the G20 ladies and gentlemen are going to force passports on us all globally vaccine passports The G20 is who is promoting this. And I don't know if you know who the G20 is made up of, but let me just give you the countries. Ready? Argentina, Australia, Brazil, Canada, China, France, Germany, Japan, India, Indonesia, Italy, Mexico, Russia, South Africa. Saudi Arabia, South Korea, Turkey, the UK, the United States, and the European Union. Spain is also invited as what they call a, quote, permanent guest nation. They are literally doubling down and going to force vaccine passports globally. You thought this was a dead deal. Uh Uh-uh. They've now quadrupled down globally and they're going to push for it. And I don't know that we're going to be able to stop it at this point, because even if the United States um, says to Biden, no, uh, we don't agree to these things unless Congress agrees, which is our way. Other countries will just say, so what? You can't enter or leave our, quote, airspace, our country, cross our borders without it. Is the fix in is the question. Chris, what do you
2: say, sir? Well, don't forget the part where bureaucrats and politicians are exempt and diplomats. (laughs) I'm sure that they will be because they usually always are. It's called diplomatic immunity. But you and I, Sam, we won't be exempt. And, uh, you know, I don't do a whole lot of traveling myself, so I'm not too awfully worried. But there are people that do international business in my neighborhood and they will be affected. They may have to change jobs if they choose not to uh, get the vaccines that will be appertaining to this new international law. And by the way, I don't remember voting in an international election. Did you, was there an international election that we missed, Sam? Because I didn't vote.
1: Yes, there was. And let me explain how it works. When you vote thugs into office and they take power under themselves and you don't force them by check and balance to stop and uh, impeach them uh, and use the remedies given to us by the Constitution to stop them from their abuses, they will take power Absolutely. And just like a squatter, if you give them power long enough, it's assumed a power that they have. Just like if somebody squats on a piece of land uh, and lives there for a long time at some point, or just like a common-law marriage, at some point if a man and woman live together uh, in the you know male-female relationship long enough, it's as if they're married. Well, the same thing is true. If you let these thugs take power into themselves long enough, and we've let them lead, lead out at these international uh, cabals, For literally decades this has been going on since the League of Nations kind of stuff the United Nations has been around longer than our lifetimes and I'm 55 years old all right and so we look at this and say we have given them authority and power by our negligence by our dereliction of duty by our lack of willing to hold them account to account when somebody squats on your land it's time to use every means to get them off the land immediately or you acquiesce and give them uh, what they call nine tenths of the law possession and that's the problem that we face today Chris All right, we'll try to get Chris back. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very serious issue, in my opinion. Biden literally signing G7, or I'm sorry, G20. um, I guess it's uh, the 27 uh, meeting that they've had or whatever. It's a declaration to force use of vaccine passports for, quote, international travel. This is disaster, in my opinion, folks. And when you literally have 20 nations involved I don't know yeah. how easy that's going to be a stop. I really don't. Um, because, again, how are you going to control all those other nations? Some of these nations have already had these vaccine passports in place since like 2020, 2021 kind of range. Some of them were even working on these passports. There's evidence that they were working on these before COVID even hit, which really makes you wonder how much they knew about COVID coming and or uh, how they want this lockdown. And COVID's just the excuse. Uh, This provides evidence for that, folks. This is a very serious, serious concern. Uh, But look, unless the American people push back hard, and that's kind of my point to Chris, unless we literally push back hard, we've given them the authority by our negligence, by our lack of demanding accountability. They've got nine-tenths of the law, quote, possession equivalent now, or they've got squatters rights. So they've got uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, common law marriage or common law authority because we have not pushed to stop it now i don't agree that that has uh, factual law behind it it has precedents though and they become about impossible to stop
2: uh when that's the case chris yeah so i we got cut off as you know sam uh well i was as we were um uh, as i was off the air i went ahead and checked my constitutional i don't remember and I don't uh, didn't see in the Constitution any mention of international government. Just just saying. So maybe our uh, politicians need to reread that Constitution. So yeah, but it's the- all
1: about money. We'll get to that coming up in seconds with Chris Carlson. I want to mention to you all good news on money, and then bad news. Ready? Good news today is Small Business Saturday. It's time to support your favorite local mom-and-pop shops on
4: Small Business Saturday. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.
1: all right we're talking about money today is small business saturday it's time to support your favorite local mom and pop shops chris
2: well i'll support mine by going to work as soon as the show's over how's that
1: no man you don't need to go to work you need to spend the time on saturday it's a it's a it's a Thanksgiving holiday weekend, my friend. You gotta spend some time I with know. your family. You gotta get a Christmas tree. You gotta go shop some local businesses, man. You gotta get out and make friends, win friends, influence people. You gotta come on now, Chris. Can't be working with buddy. I
2: know. I am a small business, so I guess I'm supporting myself by working. Does that make any sense? No.
1: No way. No, right. Not not on this holiday, my friend. Did you did you work on Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, only around my house. I put my Christmas lights on Thanksgiving. That's kind of a tradition. Well, that's a good thing to do. That's all
1: right. You can let your family work on the food and you can work on the Christmas lights. That's, I like that. That's a good idea. But man, you got to take a little bit of time off and smell the roses once in a while there, buddy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. There's some history here, Sam. You, You think that I work too much and I agree, but my wife thinks that too. So there's two witnesses. Maybe I. Well, should if, if everybody
1: agrees, that. if you and your wife and I agree, then I don't understand what your deal is.
2: Uh, I don't All know. Right. That's my that's my comfort zone. Work is my comfort zone. I feel. Yeah, but it productive. becomes an addiction. I know. You gotta get okay, off the crack, well, buddy. I, I take Sundays off. I take Sundays off. <laughs> All right, you gotta get
1: off the crack of work, man. It becomes too. It'll give you a heart attack and you'll die early if you're not careful all right i want to talk about the fall of the crypto cabal ftx was a massive money laundering slush fund for democrats they say apparent self-hack in progress to drain all assets mike adams naturalnews.com i want to start out by giving one correction Before I let you rock and roll on this, Chris. See, I don't like when we say, oh, it's the Democrats. Oh, it's the Republicans. See, that Hegelian dialectic lie is a disgrace. It is the deep state on both sides that are garnering big money from all kinds of sources. George Soros, cryptocurrency, slush funds, uh, PACs, bundlers. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on the way they um, garner uh in my opinion illicit money for their uh tweaked dishonest destroy america agenda uh, but it's not just democrats and i don't like it when people point to one side or the other because it just creates this galen dialectic deceptive lie and it doesn't focus on the reality that it's an apparent self-hacking hack progress to drain all assets that's all true but it's really for them to recover all
2: assets to the deep state chris Oh yeah, it's a siphoning operation, and you're, you're right. I mean, people like Mitch McConnell, they're securing their elections they? and Lindsey Graham, and all those people, they don't have to worry about getting put out of the office because they're just as bad as the Democrats. So no, for 22 years, as you know, Sam, I haven't have not considered it uh, a battle between good and evil. That fake left-right paradigm was shattered 22 years ago in my mind. But yeah, so you've got the fall of the crypto. Cabal and I remember a friend of mine who was that that said that uh, don't get your don't tip your toe in the crypto and I added to that don't tip your toe in the crypto and get ripped out. And it looks like a few people got ripped out. <laughs> say, on hey, amen one. to
1: that. Don't dip your toe in the crypto, you'll get ripped out. That's for sure. And a lot of people are getting fleeced on this, but make no mistake, any member of the deep state they're not getting fleeced at all, Chris. Cryptocurrency, no, please, they- uh, as you mentioned, it's a highly
2: uh, unstable is that the word you're looking for
1: it's a highly speculative casino
2: uh, speculative. currency as you say yes that too keep going High, it's it's a highly speculative uh crypt uh where are we Oh, casino currency that has absolutely no intrinsic value and that's the problem <laughs> unlike gold and silver uh there's no and there's nothing backing it the only thing backing it is is people's uh, hope that you know it will go up, and uh, that, that's all that's backing it. But other than that, there's nothing there. There's no good or bad cryptocurrency. I, I go on to say there is there is that which we earn honestly and which we earn by by fraud and deceit. And crypto it falls under that fraud and deceit category. Sam, cryptocurrency is that which we earn by fraud and deceit, and it is axiomatic. And we are all learning right now, just like you warned us, Sam, you've been warning about cryptocurrency for the, what, the last three, four, five years? I've been warning about it since
1: anybody really knew about it. But really, I've been warning about it for over 25 years. And I'll tell you how and why. You say, well, Sam, Hmm. you didn't even know about cryptocurrency 25 years ago. How could you be warning against it? And I'll explain to you how. I maintain to you that constitutional currency is gold and silver. Uh, And it's intrinsic value based. It is a Bible. The Bible calls it honest weights and measures. Uh, We call it honest money. Uh, Okay. And the fundamental understanding is asset for asset. Nothing created out of thin air. Value for value. Asset for asset. And so I told you that anything that doesn't fit that bill is absolutely fiat and bogus. So I don't care what comes up in the next 25 years. I warned you against it now. Just like 25 years ago, I warned you against it even though I didn't know what it was. Because what I know is it's not constitutional currency. It's not biblical weights and measures of honesty. It's not gold and silver. Therefore, whatever comes up next, whether I know about it or not, whether I can articulate the parameters or the details of it or not, does not matter. I am warning you against it and telling you that it's fool's gold. All right? I'm telling you that it's a game. I'm telling you that it will never work. It'll never be stable. It'll never pass asset-based value-for-value muster. It will never have the ubiquitous properties that make it a constitutional currency. And therefore, I don't care what it is tomorrow, what new name, what new details, how it works. I don't care. It will not work. And so I'm telling you that I warned about this over 25 years ago before it ever even hit the scene,
2: Chris. Wait a minute. How did you know? Did you have a crystal ball, Sam? (laughs) No, I just know if it's it's fiat, and if it doesn't
1: have those fundamental properties, it's bogus. I don't care what form it takes next week.
2: If it doesn't require human labor to create it, then it's bogus. And if certain people have an exclusive right to be able to produce it, just like our fiat currency, the so-called dollar bill, it's actually a Federal Reserve note, a.k.a. fraudulent, reserve note, it's bogus. Gold and silver, it takes labor to extract it from the earth. And God put it there for a reason. I mean, there's a reason that, that gold, for example, does not tarnish and that it has a beautiful color and that it has other uses than just for uh, an exchange currency. You can use it for jewelry. There's industrial uses, especially silver. So all of those factors uh, make it, make gold and silver an ideal currency, of exchange, and it has a 6,000 year track record of success. And uh, cryptocurrency has only been around for a few years, and already we're starting to see cracks in its um, applicability.
1: Well, because remember, you know, when you have something that depends on electricity, number one, for the creation of, and number two, yes. for the storage and distribution of, what happens if electricity is gone? See, I'm very stupid. You got to help a guy like me figure this out because I say, when I ain't got any electricity, how do I buy my groceries?
2: That's right. That's right. And then, I mean, it's not unprecedented. I mean, especially the way things are going antifa yeah, folks in
1: texas last year the year before that had what a cold winter for once in texas and their whole grid melted <clears> down <throat> and they were down for days and people were cold and people didn't have food while food was spoiling at the same time yep. and all this stuff and you know it was relatively short lived but if that's not a smattering of what can happen how many folks got to their digital currency during that scandal
2: yeah my daughter and son-in-law were in texas at that time they witnessed it firsthand.
1: <clears throat> were they using their crypto?
2: No. Hopefully not. Um, hopefully their investments are in I guarantee they weren't because there wasn't
1: electricity, so they couldn't be.
2: Oh, <laughs> that was a trick question. Even,
1: even if they had some weird way to have a battery and their electricity happened, what about the next guy that you wanted to send it to? So you got to yeah. have electricity for both parties, even if you say, Sam, i got a Faraday cage, buddy, and EMP can't even take me down. Fine. What about the other Joe Blow next door that you want to buy firewood for from to keep your house warm? See, if he can't get to his di- digital fiat currency, if he can't dip his toe in the crypto because it's too cold and it's iced over, then what? See? I'm not very smart, folks, but I understand these simple principles, and that's why gold and silver is the only... Uh, combination of currency in other words gold and silver both you can't have one without the other either that's why those two the founding fathers understood the ubiquitous capabilities the intrinsic value the, the unique properties that make it the only legitimate currency that'll work Someone will say to me no Sam you can use whiskey no Sam you can use grain we'll talk about that because if I have to travel 2,000 miles somewhere how am I going to take all that whiskey or grain with me it's portability, its intrinsic value for a lot of reasons. They're called properties of honest money. We'll talk about it in seconds. We'll talk about Joel Schows and World Affairs Breach response as well with Chris Carlson on your radio.
0: Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
3: USA Radio News with Tim Burke. Online Black Friday sales are expected to break records. According to Adobe Analytics, U.S. online sales are projected to top $9 billion, which would be a new record. The numbers come on the heels of a big day of Thanksgiving shopping online, with numbers up 3% year over year. Ryan Patel is a senior fellow at the Drucker School of Management. He tells CNN that supply chain issues are still causing people to alter their shopping habits. People are making decisions, let me, let me buy it now, even before, as you and I discussed, a couple of weeks before Black Friday to ensure that you get what you needed, that you're looking for, and that you don't have to fight for it in a couple of weeks for Christmas shopping. We're learning new details about a man who committed mass murder at a department store earlier this week.
0: The man accused of killing six of his co-workers at a Virginia Walmart before turning the gun on himself wrote bullying is why he opened fire on his colleagues. It's being reported by Virginia TV stations the suspect left a message on his cell phone. The note said he was upset about a recent change in his employment status at Walmart and claimed his co-workers were harassing him about it. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry.
3: President Joe Biden said he has not directly engaged with rail labor negotiations, despite the White House press secretary saying earlier this week that he has been directly involved. Appearing on Fox & Friends, Florida Republican Congressman Michael Walls says the president may be trying to distance himself from the situation. This affects the shipment of coal, not that the left would mind that, but uh, our drinking water, everything that comes into our ports, uh, we can't function without our, without our great right. railroad workers, and um, they, need to, they, they need to get this back on track. You're listening to USA Radio News.
6: This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare, and the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing.
0: Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800 478 7733. 800 478 7733. 800 478 7733.
2: Welcome back to the Libby Roundtable. There's another aspect to this discussion about cryptocurrency that I would like to uh, delve into at this time, and it's a moral aspect. So this uh, individual's name is Sam Bankman Fried. Some people pronounce it Freed. He made multi-gazillions of dollars by uh, issuing this cryptocurrency. Now, is he going to build character... And self-discipline by just creating this cryptocurrency out of thin air, just like the Federal Reserve does? No. Heavenly Father, when he expelled Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, he decreed, specifically to Adam, that in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread. And that can be found in Genesis 3.19. Uh, God did this to Adam, not because he hated him. And he did this to every one of us on this earth. He decreed that we should eat our bread by the sweat of our brows. In other words, we should labor for that which we earn. Well, I guess that's redundant, but yeah, we should labor for that which we consume. Um, And he didn't do that to punish him or us by extension. He did that so that Adam and and Eve by extension would develop character and self-worth. Without working and sacrificing for the things we receive, our lives become insignificant to others around us Because there's no value exchange that benefits those within the spheres of our economic influence. The exchange of goods and services in a free market economy rewards those who work hard and live live honest and upright lives. It disincentivizes the curse of idleness, laziness, and graft. In short, physical labor produces strong and efficient economies that provide prosperity and happiness to its people. In cryptocurrency creates this uh, frenzy about I'm going to get rich quick if I invest in this money or, you know, if I'm somehow uh, a beneficiary of this, this, this craze. And we're seeing cryptocurrency go down, down, down. Now those people that thought they were going to be overnight millionaires, you know, where do they sit? Where do their families sit? Did they develop character? Did they develop discipline? That they uh, develop all of the other qualities that go along with working hard, in exchange for the things that we consume. No,
1: and let me they be very clear, Chris. In an honest money scenario, it's impossible to get rich quick.
2: Yes, you you have to exchange something. You have to bless your neighbor or somebody else in your in the economy in which you operate. See, that's the genius of the free market system with honest money, Sam. You you are literally compelled to bless other people in order for yourself to be blessed. You know, by just printing money or printing cryptocurrency, I know that's not how they do it. Electronically, they do it. But by doing that, you're, you're increasing your own wealth. but You're not blessing anybody else because you're not creating anything of intrinsic value. And people don't seem to make that connection, Sam, and it frustrates me.
1: Well, and I understand something. Let's say that I all of a sudden stumbled on a gold mine. People would say, Sam, you didn't develop character, you didn't uh, to get rich. But my response to you is, whether I know the gold's there or not, it existed before I discovered it. So am I rich if I never use it? If I just know it's there and I own it and I control it, but I never use it, am I rich? No. The answer is no, because I haven't bought anything. I haven't generated wealth. I haven't done anything with it. Just my knowledge that it's there versus my knowledge that it's not there or not knowing where it is doesn't make the difference of being rich. It's when you then take that asset now, gold or silver, gold or silver. I'm going to use honest weights and measures in the Bible to make my point, and I'm going to use it compared to talents. Did you know talents were money back in the day? All right. Talents are also related to you as a person. In order for me to develop my character now, I, if I have this hidden wealth or known wealth, supposedly, then I must do things to bless others with it. That's what God helped me discover it for. Now, in the use of that currency or the use of that asset, now I become rich. I can buy houses. I can employ people. I can do things with that wealth that then builds my character. Right? I can learn about the laborers in the field parable that Jesus Christ told. I can learn about the talent, hiding it under a bushel versus getting out and using those talents. Uh, I can, and, and these are the things <clears throat> that change the game. These are the things that either cre- uh, magnify who I am. They either magnify my good qualities, if I'm a good person, where I want to employ people, where I want to make the world a better place with my wealth, or can heighten my evil nature and exploit people uh, if i choose so you know wealth is neither good nor bad it's in whose hands it's in and it enhances who someone really is chris and so this is what we mean when we talk about honest money and that it forces character through the sweat of your brow do you hire people and do you put them to work and do you then take that exchange and transfer it for their work now we're talking about asset for asset value for value uh, even if I find gold, someone's got to take it out of the earth. Someone's got to refine it. Somebody's got to mint it. Somebody's got to put it into an honest weight and measure that we can all depend on. Thus, the Constitution comes into play in our country. But this is what we mean. It doesn't just happen by accident, and it doesn't happen without significant effort, Chris.
2: Yeah, and you know, we talked at the beginning of the show how I'm a workaholic. I enjoy I enjoy being productive. In fact, I claim um, this is kind of silly, but I claim that my food tastes better at the end of the day after a hard day's work. And, and, and food doesn't taste any different. W- what happens is, is you realize that you've earned what you then have at the end of the day. You know, comfortable, warm home, uh, delicious food. You know, the ability to just sit down, and relax, and read a book, or, or you know, watch a sporting event. You, you get that satisfaction that you've contributed, not, not only to your family, but to people within your community, your economic sphere of influence. Like right? And like you said, and, and Heavenly Father, he could provide everything for us. He could give us our mansions right now here on this earth, and a lot of people would love it if he did that. Not me, because I know that that would ruin the plan of happiness. The plan of happiness is, is designed to build character and discipline within each individual working within that plan and the only way we can do that is if we have to to work for that which we earn. And people think they're going to get rich overnight. Sometimes they do. But I know a lot of those people, Sam, a lot of those people are actually my customers. And they think that, wow, now I going to have a day in my life, I can sit around in my pajamas all day and watch TV and they usually watch Fox thinking now they're, you know, because they're conservative, they think Fox is conservative. Anyway, that was a tangent I probably shouldn't have gone down but they're not really happy, and their bodies degenerate fast. They're always complaining about the pains here or aches there because they're not productive. They're not doing what their bodies were designed to do, which is to be productive. And when we have everything given to us on a silver platter, we'll never be happy. It's only when we learn to develop our minds and our bodies in the capacity to work and produce and to bless others and ourselves That we become happy, and that's why the system under which we were supposed to operate constitutionally, um, being degenerated the way it is, it's producing unhappiness. We've got millions and millions of people in this country who are on the dole, who think that they're getting away with something, that they're somehow uh, obtaining an advantage over others because everything is given without effort, and they themselves are, are miserable. They're overweight in many cases. Uh, they're they're not even physically attractive because they don't work and exercise their muscles and they wonder why you know then they vote democratically because they think that you know some uh, political party is going to solve their problems but they, they cannot figure out why they're in this rut that they've developed for themselves because they think that the way to happiness is obtaining things and it never was about obtaining things. It's about developing individual, spiritually, physically, socially, and intellectually. And all those things can be accomplished if we work within the plan that Heavenly Father has established for us and has outlined in our founding documents the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And only by applying those principles to our day-to-day lives, Sam, can we find true happiness and come closer to God as a result. Amen to that. The
1: fall of the crypto cabal, though, is the next step in the tyranny that they have planned. Um, Gold and silver, God's decreed constitutional money requires labor to extract from the earth. Therefore, it has intrinsic value. But Joel Skousen uh, speaks to this and talks about, you know what? These cryptocurrencies are an inevitability,
2: Chris. Yeah. Um, An inevitability. Oh, okay, in, in the sense the government will eventually embrace them and use them?
1: I've and got force a quote them from upon us. Joel Scousel says this, quote, I have never been a fan of cryptocurrencies being total fiat inventions and susceptible to complete loss if the Internet goes down after an EMP strike and or something like that, but with all of these, quote, secure But inconvenient digital currencies trying to gain a foothold in the established money chain. The rise of crypto exchanges to facilitate verification and trade are inevitable. We'll talk about their inevitability and what we can do in seconds with Chris Carlson on your radio.
2: And welcome back to Living Roundtable with Sam Bushman and Saturday morning guest, Chris Carlson. So Sam uh, talked about Joel Skousen and, and him saying that uh, cryptocurrencies are inevitable. And um, I think they will be. And, you know, you can forget about the blockchain, by the way. I mean, just as they have inflated the currency that we, we use today, they will jettison the blockchain so there will be just as much inflation if not more because that is a weapon that they've used in the past that's a weapon that they're using now and that's a weapon that they will continue to use into the future so forget about the blockchain that was just um, a phony selling point that they used to try to transition us uh, from local currencies uh, national currencies to an inevitably and ultimately a world currency and that will do in nature and the reason that they've hyped up crypto these last, oh, 10, 15 years is is to get us used to thinking that it is a solution to the problem that we are now experiencing, which, as I mentioned, was inflation. Uh, nothing could be further from the truth. You give an individual, a human being, the power to inflate currency to his or her benefit, and they will always abuse that power. And we will not be going to gold and silver. Uh, we will not be going to anything that is backed by anything intrinsic. But Joel Skousen feels it is it is inevitable, as uh, Sam read in that quote that he he quoted last segment. And and so the potential for fraud, once you trust any asset to businesses outside your control, and I'm not sure why he used businesses exclusively. He should have said businesses and governments because they work hand in hand. Um, will result in the same problems that we have experienced. For the beginning from the beginning of time, because, you know, uh, fiat currencies have been around from the beginning of time. So and another thing that I would like to add to that is um, about two years ago, Sam, the SEC came out with a statement stating that they have power and authority to regulate cryptocurrencies. A lot of people don't realize that. A lot of people think that cryptocurrencies are independent of government regulation and control. They are not, and they certainly will not be going into the future. And this incident with uh, FTX, a lot of people are speculating that this was a planned collapse of the FTX currency, Sam. You can chime in on this. And I tend to believe that to uh, induce the average American and the average uh, person, you know, within his respective country to, to uh, respond in a way that uh, we will accept uh, government regulation of cryptocurrencies. And a lot of times, I mean, I think that it may, I mean, obviously there are other purposes for its collapse, but I think one of the reasons I think it's a controlled collapse so that, um, so that they can introduce more government regulation into the yeah, system. Yeah, let
1: me explain this to you. You know, everything goes kind of bad unless government kind of stabilizes everything, Chris. You know that. And the Federal Reserve did such a phenomenal job over 100 years ago stabilizing our money I mean the greatest prosperity in the world's have been after the federal reserve took control so you know they're stable and good and honorable and right and moral and necessary and therefore what we really need to do is put the federal reserve in charge of the of the um, cryptocurrencies as well because then it'll be stable you won't have these crazy things like the ftx meltdowns where everybody loses all their wealth and everything else you'll have the Federal reserve to be your buddy and take care of it all just for you that's the lie they're going to tell chris and they might not get it done this time it's a little bit like gun control they might fail something threaten to take it over back off something else fails the need gets greater in other words it might take two or three or four rounds of manipulation of the minds and hearts of the people to get it done remember when they tried the fiat federal reserve system in the beginning they tried that under andrew jackson watch former president and he routed the bankers and the thugs out and said no so it might take two or three times to get this done but that is their end game that is their goal and i i joke yeah. about the federal reserve being your buddy and your friend and but that's the way they pitched the lie and it's worked getting rid of honest money and it'll work in replacement of crypto as well um among those who don't realize the agenda of the deep state now you say what can you do about it ladies and gentlemen i've been telling people for over 25 years look don't panic don't melt down don't get crazy you got to have a little bit of beans a little bit of band-aids a little bit of bullets right um you got to have a lot of a little bit of things you got to prepare you got to find a way to get yourself off the grid you got to find a way to live without the modern appliances and conveniences you got to find a way to have a little bit of a lot of things and it takes time and patience to gain those things. Um, you got to have ways to have water, ways to have the fundamentals and not depend as much on. And I'll give you a quick example to make the point. I had a cousin that lived in Mexico, and they had a big downturn economically in Mexico. And I said, man, are you guys hating it? She goes, you know, we live so poor and so close to the earth, we don't even know what's happening, nor do we care. <laughs> there you and, go. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the point I'm getting at, folks. I'm not telling you to become a pauper tomorrow. I am telling you to prepare all needful things. And you know what? You don't need a gazillion dollars in crypto. You don't need a gazillion dollars in gold and silver either. What you need is a a greater store. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit of all kind of things. You need food. You need water. You need fuel. You need clothing. You need um, all these different things. Just a little bit and then a little more and a little more and a little more. And over time, let me say it like this. Your lamp is full of oil. Can I say it any other way? That's what we need to do, folks. But you know what? Claude Frederick Bastier kind of highlights this fallacy uh, about this money and about about reality for us. He's been around, well, let's say this. He was around a long time ago, Chris.
2: Yep. He uh, died in 1850. So this just proves, Sam, that that those principles that we're talking about right now have, have been around for years. They're eternal principles. They've been around forever. What am I talking about? You cannot date them. And Frederick Bastiat, you know, a uh, he was born in 1801. So he lived a relatively short life. He was 49 years old when he passed away. Uh, he was born in France, and he was educated at the Hotel Abigay Ecole de Sorese. That's my best friend. <laughs> And um, he was an economist, and he wrote a book, and is very famous among uh, libertarians and uh, conservative-minded people, Sam. It was called the, Simply the Law, and it's a very short book, and I, wrote, and I read it, and I extracted some of the more salient points uh, from that book. And we'll go ahead and share those uh, with our listening audience at this time. He starts off with a broken window fallacy. Have you ever heard of the broken window fallacy, Sam? Yes, I have. Okay, he, and he wrote an article on that, and translated it into English is what is and what is unseen. In the article, a boy breaks a window. However, the local people decide that the boy has helped the local economy. Their reasoning is, number one, shop owners employ a glazier. A glazier is a guy that uh, replaces glass. I used to do some of that work myself to repair the window. Who gains extra income? Woohoo! The glazier sees an increase in income, which then he uses to send uh, into other shops, benefiting other shopkeepers. This increases the uh, the spending in that little local economy and creates the local multiplier effect. Woo! Number three, overall, it seems that the local economy has benefited from a flurry of economic activity. So I guess we'll go around breaking windows so that we can stimulate economic activity and and we'll all become rich, right, with all that economic activity. What people don't factor into that fallacy, however, Sam, is the opportunity cost factor, okay? And that's key to understanding why going around breaking things is not going to uh, make us rich, and and here's how i explain it so these are my words the broken window fallacy states that if money is spent on repairing the damage it is a mistake to think that this represents an increase and that's the key word an increase in economic output and economic welfare if money is spent on repairing a broken window the opportunity cost is that individuals cannot spend money on more productive goods The broken window doesn't increase overall output. It merely shifts an economy from productive output to maintaining the existing situation with a loss of time, resources, and energy. Okay. So that's why we don't go around throwing garbage out our windows to create jobs for people who don't have jobs. Because it doesn't uh, create and an and addition of wealth into the system just maintains status quo. Anyway, so that's the broken window fallacy. And, uh,
1: and Basquiat teaches similar- this by further saying this. When a portion of wealth passes from the person who has acquired it without his, quote, consent and without, quote, compensation – To someone who has not created it, this then becomes by force or fraud. And so Bastier says that there's been a violation of property rights. And there has also been an act of plunder. That's important to understand. Basically, what he's saying is, hey, you cannot redistribute wealth. You cannot take from someone by force and give to another without violating those laws. One of the other ways Ezra Tab Benson, former Secretary of Agriculture, said this is, you cannot ever justify the few at the expense of the many. You can't pull the lever of government in favor of the few at the expense of the many. Okay, what you need to look at is what is good for all. If it's defensive in nature and benefits all equally, then it makes sense. If it doesn't, it pits one group against another in society. So this broken window fallacy has origins of that. It makes it sound like, hey, we all have to contribute in this, as if somehow by something being destroyed or violated, that wealth is generated. That is a complete lie. Bastier says life, liberty, and property do not exist because men have made laws. On the contrary, it is because The fact is that life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that caused men to make laws in the first place. See, we can't let the tail wag the dog. We can't let the cart get before the horse. There's so many ways to say this. I call this the great lie, Chris. If the government doesn't do it, nobody will. See, and so we somehow back ourselves into this big lie justification, Chris.
2: Yeah, and there's so many different angles we can go off on to um, develop that, those principles. And um, the government should be our servant. See, that's where we're gotten backwards. So, somewhere along the course here uh, in the last 230 uh, some years of our constitutional republic, government uh, transitioned from being our servant to our master. And you know now, now we're the servants of government. So, we, we serve the, uh, the, the, crea- the creature. The, the, the people created you know, through uh, righteous laws and righteous principles You know, now we feel that we, whatever government says has to go and if you want to benefit any segment of society it has to be through government it can't be through individual means
1: ladies and gentlemen when we get back this Bastier discussion really brings up this big lie if the government doesn't do it nobody will that isn't true never has been never will be And maybe it's the fact is nobody will do it. Maybe it's something that should not be done. Interesting question, right? When we come back next hour, we're going to continue this incredible topic. We're talking about what is law? What is liberty? We'll talk about them both in seconds next hour on your radio. Hour one of the can, hour two coming up. We the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America. Ladies and gentlemen, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic of the United States of America.
0: Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
2: Well, welcome back to the Liberty Roundtable with Sam Bushman and Chris It's fine Saturday morning, I don't know if it's fine where you're at down there, Cameron in Florida But it's a beautiful day, starting to be a beautiful day in here in Utah And we're talking today about Frederick Bastiat And he wrote a book called The Law And speaking of The Law, a very simple title indeed uh, We should probably pose the question and attempt to answer, what is law? Okay, according to Frederick Bastiat, he sums it up in one sentence it is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense. And I would agree. Most people think that law is, you know, anything the government tries to impose upon us. And, and if it was uh, passed by a majority in Congress, why, by golly, we have an obligation to abide by it. And I say, eh, not so
6: fast.
2: So law is basically created by God. And it is by nature just and righteous And if man, no matter how much of a majority he has to back man's law up If it violates God's principles, then it is not law in my way of thinking And I would imagine man's as well Uh, Bastiat goes on to say, thus, since an individual cannot lawfully use force against the person The liberty or the property of another individual, then the common force for the same reason cannot lawfully be, when I say common force like government force, for the same reason cannot lawfully be used to destroy the person, the liberty, or the property of individuals or groups. Governments do not have, in our country, constitutional authority and in general divine authority to take material wealth from one group of people and just redistribute it to another group of people. Individuals have that power, but they don't have the power to forcibly do it. They have the power to persuasively do it, they can, but for the same reason that you or I, Sam, cannot knock on our neighbor's door and say, hey, I've got a a friend who's in dire straits and uh, he needs quick cash, so I'm going to require that you give me a donation of one hundred dollars. And if my neighbor refuses, I do not have the power to compel him to cough up one hundred dollars, even though it's for a charitable cause. But the government does that on a, a regular basis in our behalf. And it's wrong. And It's not charity. It's extortion. It's force. It's a violation of divine principles. And that's what uh, Frederick Bastier is saying when he says, it is a collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense. Notice it's not uh, offense. It's defense. So we can defend ourselves against evil aggressors, but we cannot go on the offense.
1: Let me add a redneck flair to Bastier because I think it will help people understand the points that you're making. Bastier is a very eloquent uh, author, a very deep thinker. Uh, a man who really understood the principles and has the ability to encapsulate them in a very short book ca- called The Law written by Frederick Bastier. Uh, but this book is, is a little bit of a hard read because you've got to ponder what he's saying. As you heard that one sentence, you go, what? Well, let me kind of summa- summarize it this way and kind of redneck speak. Hey, man, don't hurt me and don't take my stuff. Okay, that's all. <laughs> Just don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. Just leave me alone. And so that's really what the law is, is don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. Otherwise, you can do whatever you want to. Exactly. And, and the idea simple. is when I do whatever I want to, I can't hurt you, and I can't take your stuff. So that application isn't just for Sam Bushman to say don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. We all say that. Don't hurt me, don't take my stuff. And when you think about that, that almost boils the Ten Commandments down to a redneck version, right? Uh, It almost, it takes the law and boils it down to this defensive point. Look, I'm defending myself. Don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. And if everybody says that and we all obeyed that, we would be honoring the law. Now, there is a moral component to that too, which means don't hurt thyself either. Uh, That would be God's law about our temples, meaning our bodies being our temples. Okay, not only don't hurt me, don't take my stuff, but I can't hurt myself and I can't destroy my stuff either so when i do things that violate god's laws i'm hurting someone else or myself because i'm losing the moral high ground but you got to ask what is law that's law don't hurt me don't take my stuff it's a defensive position and you can do whatever you want as long as you don't violate the defense of others now what is
2: liberty you ask chris okay liberty in short and this is a quote from frederick bastiat in in short is not liberty the freedom of every person to make full use of his faculties so long as he does not harm other persons while doing so? I would concur. And he goes on to say, is not liberty the restricting of the law only to its rational sphere of organizing the right of the individual to lawful self-defense and of punishing injustices? So those, he really condenses it down to two different things. And I would If I were to uh, answer that question, I would probably condense it down to um, the collective right to defend life, liberty, and property on an individual level. And that's it. Yeah, so I look at liberty and law
1: as two sides to the same coin, Chris. Law says, Mm -hmm. look, you cannot do anything except for defensively protect your God-given rights. That's the law. Law protects liberty. Liberty allows me to act within the law, right? So there are two sides to the same coin, if you will. Again, law says defensively, you can't take away my right to do anything I want to as long as I'm not violating the law. As long as I'm not hurting people and taking other people's stuff or hurting myself, I should be free to do whatever I want to and vice versa. And liberty does not violate law and law does not violate liberty. There's a justice and a mercy component to both,
2: Chris. Well, and I'll give you a funny example. Um, About 10 years ago, I had chickens and I didn't realize that I wasn't supposed to have chickens in my backyard. Uh, I went down to the city council and we had a little discussion. And during a city council meeting, um, one of the city councilors said, after I made this comment, my comment was, well, if my neighbors don't care if I have chickens, then who, who are, what's the big deal? What harm is done? And one of the city councilors made the statement, well, just because you don't mind, does that mean you you should be able to have a buffalo in your backyard? And my response was, well, yeah, if it's not hurting anybody, why can't I have a buffalo or a herd of buffalo? (laughs) But, you know, he thought he was being clever by making this absurd example that I would say, oh, of course, you can't have no buffalo in your backyard. But if it doesn't harm, it doesn't do any harm to any human being anywhere, why not? And that's the essence of what uh, Bastiat is saying here. Now, I'm not going to go out and get a buffalo because I think my neighbor probably would be a little concerned about. That. Well,
1: and it would be harm but, for the buffalo to be corralled in such a tight space too, though. And again, you have moral yeah. law here; you can't do harm to the animals and to God's creations either.
2: That's true. Yeah, and you. you and I think uh, you know we have to extend certain considerations to animals as well i for example i see people chain up their dogs in their backyards and when it's 20 degrees outside and i'm like dude that dog's probably freezing to death how would you like to be chained anyway so we need to be just as uh, mindful of the rights and um, desires so of the animals. Point is
1: real law comes from god and real law acknowledges us as sovereign and that means we can do whatever we want as long as we're not harming others or ourselves Liberty is our ability to freely act within the law. When we violate law, we lose liberty. There are two sides to the same coin. So why would we study law then if, uh, you know, if we study good law, but we can't even have good law in our society because so many people are so ignorant? Why even study it, Chris?
2: And I get that question all the time, Sam. You know, why are you so active in politics? There's nothing you can do. You know, these sure, these principles are correct, but you'll never be able to implement them. Going into the future, you know that this, these were principles that were part of a bygone era. No, they are not principles of a bygone era. These are eternal principles, and they will be applied again, whether in this life or in the next world. Um, we believe that Christ eventually will personally reign upon this earth. Sam, uh, I, at least I do, and I think most Christians do. Now, does that mean Christ is going to come and just be our dictator and? You know, we won't have to think about these principles. No, I think he will come to earth. And I think through, I don't know what type of a process, point leaders that will be able to articulate and implement these same principles that are embodied in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. But in order to do that, we need to be prepared. You know, it's not going to be a crash course. Okay, everybody learn about the Constitution real quick, because we got to set up. Um, a paradisiacal society In a Zionistic society um, I don't I don't think that um, That will be the case So Satan is And here's the situation Satan today is pulling out all of his stocks He's using all of his tricks And I think this is an ideal Learning opportunity If we want to be able to live And I believe that there will be a millennium I, I think this is fairly universal Among most Christian sects, Sam. Uh, a millennial of peace, where for a thousand years we'll be able to live in peace. But in order to do that, Sam, we have to apply these principles for a long period of time. We have to embody them in, in into the Constitution if it's going to be changed. And a lot of people might say, oh, we need to change the Constitution. No, that's dangerous, like a Article 5 Convention. But I believe that, uh, and we'll continue that discussion on the other side of the break, I believe there will be some changes to the Constitution. We can talk about. Uh, side of
1: the break we'll do it in seconds ladies and gentlemen chris carlson this is liberty Roundtable live
8: you know where the solution can be found mr president in churches in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids.
7: Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44. 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government.
1: Gentlemen, what is liberty? Law is a framework created by God Almighty. I should say law existed. God subscribes to law and expects us to do the same. Law is the defensive mechanism that says, hey, you can't do things that violate other people's liberty. What is liberty? My ability to do whatever I want as long as I don't violate the law. See how they're two sides to the same coin? So the question comes up. Why do we study good law if we cannot currently have good law? The answer is law is an eternal principle. Learning to obey laws is part of the reason we're on this earth. It's a big testing ground to teach us to live within the law, maximize our liberty, obey the law. That's what makes us eventually great sovereigns under God Almighty. Now, to make this more clear for each of you, the reason that I want to learn about good law is because I want to learn to obey good law. The only way I can obey good laws is if I know what good law is, right? And if I learn to obey good law and I'm self-governed and I maximize my liberty by obedience to the law, uh, then I become a self-governed individual. See, our country was made for self-governed people living with religious and moral supports, living our lives, maxing, maximizing our happiness, um, putting our prosperity under the greatest economic engine ever devised and letting, literally letting us live together, love together, express happiness. Okay, that's what liberty and the law does when properly balanced. And that's what self-governing people do. I believe Christ, when he comes, will teach us correct principles and we will govern ourselves. And we will be obedient to his commandments by agency, by freedom of choice. So what is liberty? What is the law? Think about it as agency properly carried out. That is the self-governed uh, individual. See, I can uh, talk a little more eloquent than a redneck, but I try to put these uh, points <laughs> on the kitchen table for understanding, ladies and gentlemen. you have a final point on this one, Chris?
2: I've got a lot of final points. So you know, we're living during a period of time that I think is a great blessing. A lot of people disagree with me on that, Sam, because all these these tricks that Satan's pulling out of his hat, and one of which we just went through for the last two and a half years, this COVID-19, fake pandemic. Now, um, hopefully many of us learn that Satan can create circumstances that look like, it looks like the government is, is protecting us, but they're doing nothing of the sort. We need to treasure up these experiences and learn from them going into the future because I think, like you said, we need to learn, number one, to be self-governed, but I don't think during the 1,000-year period of equality and peace and prosperity that most Christians believe we will we will eventually uh, uh, go into with Christ at its helm. First of all, I don't think Christ is going to be a dictator. And second of all, I think uh, there will be local governments, there will be regional governments, and there probably will be a national government similar to what we experience today. We're going to have to apply what we learned right now, Sam, during this probationary period to that situation. So now is a a golden opportunity to learn all those tricks because we will not be able to reestablish this nation unless we've learned from those. And I believe maybe redo the Constitution, and I know that's a trigger word for a lot of a lot of people in your audience oh no article 5 convention like i mentioned before
1: yeah hey, i'm fine if we redo the constitution when the savior is here to lead the charge that's a different discussion altogether but i that's will say the, this yeah. remember this though we know that Satan or that christ will not be a dictator because if so he would violate the very law he
2: established yep and the, those principles that we're learning today will be very powerful I'm not going to put a time limit on them, Sam, because there is no time limit to them. I mean, the right to personal self bodily autonomy is eternal. You think there's somebody uh, in heaven that's telling God what to do? No, he's completely and totally uh, self-autonomous. He is um, hes self-sovereign. I, this is probably the better word to use. Nobody dictates terms to him, and eventually I think we can get pretty close to that position uh, personally, but we have to internalize the lessons that we're learning today and not only learn correct principles, Sam, but a lot of people disagree with me on this. Um, You tell me how you feel. I think we need to understand incorrect principles just as much as we need to understand correct principles so that we can uh, make a distinction between the two because there are a lot of counterfeits out there and sometimes it's really hard to distinguish from one between the two.
1: Yeah, that's why you got to know the law, and you got to know the violations of the law. Right? you got to know what the violations I'm are never so you can call a halt when a the laws are being violated.
2: Yeah, because, you know, this pandemic, the whole pandemic thing we've been going through, I never predicted it because I didn't see it coming. I didn't think that they could use, and I'm not going to say the virus is fake. It's real. My, my wife and I got it. You got it. A lot of my friends got it, but our response was not correct. So that that's something that hopefully we don't repeat again, you know, throughout going forward. Yeah, the
1: fake part of it is the government pretending it was a pandemic and therefore government can violate all, all separations of powers because an emergency demands or requires it. That is the great lie. The great yep. lie is that we can suspend the Constitution, Because we've got an emergency, and once the emergency's over, we'll bring back the Constitution. Uh, The Constitution's a good document, but, Sam, it just doesn't really fit the needs. No, in crisis is when the Constitution was supposed to sing, was supposed to shine, was supposed to make sure that even in a crisis, nobody got too out of control, too much power and authority. And we, the people, who are derelict in our duty by letting that happen. We should have called a halt to the con game. We should have impeached Donald Trump on the spot. Uh, We should have literally used the checks and balances to impeach half the governors in the country or more. And we should have literally doubled down and said, listen, I appreciate that you guys want to protect us, but that is not your job. You don't have any authority to do that. And we will not allow you to violate the checks and balances vertically or horizontally. We will not tolerate it. And that's how the American people should have stood up and said, look, the law is there for a reason. And you have no authority to break the law and violate liberty. The two sides of a coin again. Remember, you violate our yep. liberty when you break the law. We need to hold you to the law. And the Constitution is far from perfect, but it's designed to help men understand God's laws and obey them by chaining them down with the Constitution, separating their authority and their power, and creating checks and balances on those powers. The, the negligence here, the dereliction of duty, is by we the people, because we did not insist on them obeying the law or losing their positions if they refuse. See, that's the problem that we have. We let them run roughshod all over us. And that's why at the start of the show, at the first hour of the program, I highlighted this where Chris says, hey, they're doing all these things that are wrong, that are abusive, that he's right. But we've allowed them to have nine-tenths of the law. Possession is nine-tenths, they claim. Well, when a squatter squats on a piece of property, when two people are together, male and female, they're common law married after a time. Because if you let something stand long enough, it's assumed as if it's fact. Now, that's bad case precedent because violation of the law doesn't justify codification of the violation of the law and pretending it's law. So that's backwards by fundamental understanding. It violates moral authority. But nevertheless, it becomes true in the modern world. So even though it's a battle... It's a battle we must fight and face. That's why Joel Skousen said, hey, going to these fiat currencies, these digital currencies, is is inevitable. And it's inevitable that government, if we allow it to, will violate the law, will violate the separation of powers and the checks and balances that we should insist on. Then the mistake is Americans blame the Constitution. They blame the law because the law is violated. That's the wrong answer. What we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, is understand we need to study good law, so that we can then stand for good luck whenever we have the opportunity.
2: Chris? We do, and um, I think that's that's going to be one of those changes. Uh, the education system will be re- revamped, uh, but it won't be revamped on a governmental level. See, that's something that I think a lot of people would disagree with me. I don't think the government, even state and local government, should be involved with education, for example. That's something that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, going into the future as we reform society during the millennium. Um,
1: Remember, family is the fundamental unit of society. It always has been. And when the Savior returns, family will be the core fundamental unit of society, and all governments will be subservient subservient, uh, to that family order. That's right. Ordained of God, ladies and gentlemen. We study good law because we want to stand for good law. We want to embrace good law. We want to understand what is good law, what is law? What is liberty? We want to understand the great lie and say, look, if government doesn't do it, nobody will. Well, most things ought not be done if nobody will. That's right. right. Life, liberty, and property exist, ladies and gentlemen, and we need to defend those realities. If we lose those realities, we will eventually lose our religious freedom and eventually we will lose our agency. My liberty is the ability to choose as I think best, as long as I don't violate the law. We'll drop this topic for now. We'll come back. They all lied, and we have proof. We'll do it in seconds on your radio.
0: Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
3: SA Radio News with Tim Berg. The busy holiday shopping weekend continues with today being Small Business Saturday. Over the course of the entire weekend, 166 million people are expected to shop. While shopping in-store has become popular again, online shopping is also popular.
8: I think we have a
0: a really big base of consumers that shop online, but we also have a lot of consumers that shop in stores, and our best customers shop both of them. They really shop by their their situation, they shop by their occasion, and that's why we spend so much time and energy on being an omni-channel retailer that allows our customer to use all of the different options that we offer whenever it's most convenient for them.
3: Mark Mastrodoni, chief store officer with Macy's, that audio courtesy of CNN. The Artemis 1 Orion spacecraft is now orbiting the moon. NASA says the milestone moment occurred Friday evening around 5 p.m. Eastern Time. The agency says Orion performed an 88-second engine burn to put the spacecraft into a retrograde orbit around the moon. The suspect in a mass shooting at a Buffalo supermarket is expected to plead guilty to state charges next week. He is due in Erie Court on Monday after the initial hearing was canceled because of recent snowstorms. The suspect is facing a 25-count indictment that includes 10 counts of murder for the deadly shooting at the Top Supermarket back in May. He's also facing federal charges. This year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is breaking records. Thursday's televised streaming of the parade had nearly 28 million viewers, the highest amount in five years. The telecast quickly became NBC's highest-viewed program of the year. The National Dog Show, presented by Purina, aired immediately after and drew just over 11 million viewers this year. President Biden and the First Lady continuing their weekend in Nantucket, Massachusetts. This is USA Radio News.
6: This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were
0: you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800 478 7733. 800 478 7733. 800 478 7733.
2: Welcome back to the Liberty Roundtable with Sam Bushman and Chris Carlson this fine morning, at least here in Utah. I don't know how things are going for you there in uh, Florida, Cameron, but things are shaping up for a beautiful day here. And the headline of the Gateway Pundit from July eleventh, 2022, They All Lied and We Have Proof, written by Kara Castronova. So what are they referring to? They All Lied and We Have Proof highly sensitive DOJ January 6 documents leaked to the gateway pundit. FBI confidential human source infiltrated Proud Boys ran FBI operations on J6 reported that they were innocent and I would probably agree with that. Not knowing all the details, but knowing some of them, knowing that the January 6 operation was a psychological operation probably conducted by the FBI, maybe some other intelligence agencies. So, who is the confidential human source referred to in the headline? Well, his name is James Aaron Knowles, and he is an FBI confidential informant. So, he infiltrated the Proud Boys in Kansas City and some other individuals, and he reported as he, he, in other words, he blended in as if he were one of the Proud Boys and a member of that organization. Uh, but he was a rat think, as they would call him, and he reported back to the FBI, and we have leaked documents of some of the things that he reported back to the FBI that exonerates the Proud Boys and their activities on January 6th in Washington, D.C., Sam. And we're going to get into those. We're going to read them word for word. There are six, currently six Proud Boys members who are currently incarcerated now it's been about a year and a half a year and a half sam coming on two years that a lot of these people are still in jail and they have not received the benefit of a quote speedy trial unquote which is written right into the constitution and And they have they also not
1: received appropriate due process either chris
2: due process exactly yeah speedy trial due process of law and um what do they say um Postponement of justice, and I think that they're – this is an act of vengeance on the part of the FBI and people who are not of – who wanted to punish basically Trump supporters, I would say. Anyway, going back to the article, uh, so somebody leaked this document. I don't know if it was James Aaron Knowles who was the confidential informant in the FBI. Uh, who infiltrated the Proud Boys and was there on location when some of those Proud Boys admittedly entered Capitol Grounds and entered the Capitol itself. But these documents basically demonstrate, as he's reporting information that he's seeing on a play-by-play basis as he's being uh, embedded in this group, that these people do anything. sound? And I'll just read um, some of the information that was leaked to the Gateway Pundit. And this is; these are FBI documents. In fact, I looked at the photocopied uh, document itself, not just a transcription of the document, but the actual document with signatures. And did um, the, the official, I don't know what they call them, five, there's a, there's a name for it. But anyway, uh, the FBI says, what groups, individuals, or locations, are the target of threats, violence in response to the arrest of Enrique Tarrio. So, Enrique Tario uh, is, I think, the Kansas City local leader of the Proud Boys. So, the FBI is asking this um, confidential informant, James Aaron Knowles, uh, you know, what group, of individuals, or locations are the targets or the threats of violence in response to the arrest of their leader here, uh, Enrique Tarrio? And then they go on to ask, what social events. Related to January 6th, Washington, D.C. rally would incite or inspire an attack by violent extremists. Uh, they always use those uh, those trigger words like violent extremists. and
1: Yeah, I call like them it. scare words, Chris.
2: Yeah. So that's the FBI. Uh, like I say, this is this is on the ground, play by play, uh, back and forth communication between this uh, embedded uh FBI confidential informant and the FBI headquarters and the confidential informant response stated no he, he no this is actually not his word for word this is what the FBI recorded him in, so this is secondhand he said he stated the only violence at the rally would be started by the leftist groups the rally attendees would only resort to violence to defend themselves So as an embedded confidential informant, obviously he is privy to a lot of the motives and intents of the Proud Boys. And, you know, according to his interpretation of what he observed, they would only use violence to defend themselves, which is completely and totally within their rights. Okay? So that's the first point of exoneration okay going back
1: let me explain this for a second so the informant is saying there are no plans so the the fbi tried to lead the informant into it and say hey what plans what events what details are they going to create violent acts regarding and the
2: answer is none they would only defend
1: themselves and that is all says the informant
3: chris
2: yeah and the proud boys you know looked at james aaron knowles as you know one of their buddies, so they would have been very free in their language uh, communicating the intent of their operations that morning and there was no communication that could be interpreted to, to indicate that they were uh, intent on committing violent acts. Okay, so we go on so the FBI asks the confidential informant what weapons tactics techniques and procedures will violent, there's that word, violent extremists, used to evade detection by law uh, enforcement of violent or criminal activity. And the confidential informant uh, responds, rally participants use Telegram and possibly other end-to-end encrypted communication platforms to communicate. listen to this, the main reason of use of these applications is to avoid leftist group detection not law enforcement so they were not attempting to evade law enforcement by using these encrypted uh, person-to-person communication means
1: and let me explain this we've known for years and i've highlighted it on the radio if you think you can avoid law enforcement with these applications you're wrong they all have a back door government has access to all of these uh, and so anybody who is worth their salt understands and knows this you might avoid the left-wing groups that don't have technology behind it, but you're not going to avoid governments with this, folks. I'm telling no. you right now. So don't believe there's that no for way. one second. And the Proud Boys knew better, and this is proof they knew better.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so so far so good, right? If you're a Proud Boy, I don't see any incriminating. And it goes on. So the, um, the confidential informant goes on to say that um, – the Proud Boys were not involved in, nor did they inspire, the breaking of the barriers at the U.S. Capitol building. And I think he, what he's referring to, and, and we went over this of, uh, uh, about a year ago or so when we when we covered January 6th, Sam, uh, when Ray Epps was seen on video whispering into the ear of somebody. By the name of Ryan Samsel. Do you remember that? And then Ryan Samsel. Yes, it was the Revolver magazine Cruz,
1: breakdowns that highlighted these realities and put them on video for proof as well.
2: Yeah. So I think that was the breach of the barriers. And then uh, Ryan Samsel immediately went over and started pushing the barriers and eventually breached the barriers. You know, and, and then the police scattered, you know, like they, they didn't resist enough to, I mean, uh, obviously the crowd was a lot bigger. But No. That's what he's referring to. Uh, CH, uh, the confidential informant goes on to say he described the the
1: police, if they were for real, should have arrested Ray Epps and arrested Ryan on the spot for this behavior. They knew about it. They had it highlighted. It was on video. They were there. They saw it happen. Okay, this was all before the masses were there in the first place. The masses were let in. Uh, dishonestly, believing there was no barriers, thinking they had a right to be there, not knowing where the lines of where they were able to be and not able to be. This was all deception, all highlighted, and it's highlighted in the Revolver Magazine videos. It's also highlighted a lot of this in the um, movie about this, the other side of the January 6th story that the Epic Times put together. Go watch it, theepictimes.com. Uh, they have an incredible other side of the story on this as, as well. But this informant proves that the Proud Boys
2: yeah. were not part of what these proceedings
1: were at all, Chris.
2: Yeah, because neither Ray Epps nor Ryan Samsel are members of the Proud Boys. yet uh, Ray Epps, I don't know about Ryan Samsel, I can't uh, comment authoritatively on him, but I know Ray Epps is still living a free man in Colorado. Anyway, going on with the quote. Now, now this is not a word-for-word quote from the confidential informant. This is an FBI uh, report of his communication with them. They say that the confidential human source described the scene as the crowd doing it as a herd mentality, and that is a quote, herd mentality, and that it was not organized. The crowd was shouting, stop the vote, as they made their way to the Capitol building. There were no other threats of violence made at that time. So, so far, so good still, right? Uh, The report continues, and this is not... Hold on, let's skip the break on this one. And the other point
1: to make those, Ray Epps was inciting the crowd with his herd mentality all along. That's evidenced by video as well. Teaching them what to chant, teaching them where to go, leading the charge so that they believed they had the right to be where they didn't have the right to be. All these things were pre-planned, and you can see it in the videos that it was organized and planned. The people weren't organized, the informants right. The people were in a herd mentality, but there was a plan in place, and you can see the leadership literally carry it out on these videos, Chris.
2: Yeah, and I might add, and this is review, I realize this, but it, it bears repeating to, to just establish the reality that there's people walking around now like Ray Epps, like Scaffold Commander, like Black Stocking Cap Man, all these people that are walking around free. And Ray Apps himself was number 16 on the FBI's most wanted list for January 6th. He was on the list of people that were being indicted for crimes and mysteriously it disappeared. And I know that's review, but I, I think maybe some of your listeners may have not have been aware of that. And he's still walking around. there. Anyway, going back to the FBI document, um, the the document reads, Confidential human source stated that the Kansas City Proud Boys, in attendance at the rally, entered the Capitol building 30 minutes after the building was breached to help de-escalate, and I emphasize de-escalate, Trump supporters and law enforcement. Once the uh, Kansas City Proud Boys entered the building, they told people to stop acting like anarchists and leave. So they're actually working with the police trying to de-escalate the situation, Sam. This is on an FBI report. This is not somebody's third hand uh, interpretation of what happened. This is an FBI official record. It goes this on is to not say. not our
1: opinion in the media, the right wing media, where they would say we make these claims without evidence. This is the FBI literally claiming this, using their infiltrated witnesses, their infiltrated trigger men, if you will, their literal informants to tell this story. This is the FBI's record, folks.
2: Yeah. This is official. And it was leaked. The FBI didn't release this voluntarily. Obviously, they wouldn't for obvious reasons. Anyway, it goes on to say Kansas City Proud Boys told people to start bagging trash from where trash cans were thrown at law enforcement, along with a woman who was saying the same thing to protesters. Kansas City Proud Boys grabbed an individual by the shoulders to stop him from throwing a chair at a law enforcement officer. Sounds like they were on the right side of this um, quote-unquote riot, Sam. It continues, Kansas City Proud Boy is told protesters to stop at the doors of the House of Representatives and that their voice was heard and that it was time to go. A law enforcement officer gave a thumbs-up to Kansas City Proud Boys as they were trying to clear the area of people trying to fight law enforcement, unquote. That's an official FBI document. Why is that not being introduced into court, Sam? I would like to know. And, well, and the same
1: be. thing is true with the Oath Keepers. You know, the Oath Keepers were there for the same reasons. You know, a lot of people say, no, they had weapons. Yeah, they did. But they put their weapons outside of Washington, D.C., and they went into Washington, D.C. without their weapons. And that's the biggest proof that I have that they intended no violence or harm or, or, or takeover or insurrection or anything else. And they said the reason we have the weapons outside of the city is because if we need them, we will go get them. But we did not bring them because we don't want to violate the law. And and, and so now we have evidence. If you watch the Epic Times video, the other side of the January 6th story from the government narrative, you see the government literally provoking everyone. And you literally see, yes, yes the Oath Keepers did go in Uh, In a military formation because a cop asked them please go in and save my fellow police officers So they literally put together a military formation They literally went in and they literally escorted the cops to safety. That's all on video There's proof of all that folks, but none of this is making it to the narrative in court None of this is making it to the narrative on the street for the average American to know about Joel Scousen highlights the details here a, a little bit more Chris
2: uh, I don't have the Joel Scousen quote. If you do, go ahead and read that. But I've got according to got- according to Joel Skousen, um, mm-hmm.
1: uh they call this guy Greg Price on Twitter. He records this: how a representative uh, guy's name is Brian Higgins. Uh, he trapped FBI Director Christopher Wray with a simple pointed. Yes or no? Choice. Oh, I'm
2: sorry. My bad. I do have right. that.
1: And and what happened is the FBI then was asked. Here's what he said: "Hey, uh, Christopher Ray of the FBI, did any agents or others impersonate Trump supporters on January 6th?" Ray continually refused to answer the question by the congressman. This is serious, Chris.
2: Yes, I apologize. Yeah, I did. That was the next quote. My bad. Yeah, no, that is serious. because. And then Greg Price, uh, actually, Brian Higgins is the representative. Uh, Yeah, so Brian
1: Higgins is the rep that asked the questions of Christopher Wray. The World Affairs Brief is where we got this, but we're talking about Greg Price on Twitter highlighted this uh, question and answer reality. So we're telling you the source we got it from, and we're telling you where it took place. It took place on the Congress floor. Uh, When they were quizzing Christopher Ray down, uh, this uh, congressman, this representative that we told you about, um, Brian Higgins, is the one that asked the questions. But uh, Greg Price is the one who brought it to our attention is the point.
2: Yes, yes. So um, Ray continually refused to answer the question, saying that he can't comment on special secret operations of the Bureau. Well, if he had just made, said simply no, you know, we, we didn't have confidential informants on the ground during January 6th in Washington, that wouldn't reveal anything confidential. Well, and the real
1: question is more than just do we have informants on the ground. I think we've proven that. But he asked FBI Director Christopher Wray a pointed yes or no question. Listen carefully. Yes. Did FBI direct any agents or anybody else or any others? to impersonate Trump supporters because that's That's critical because what they claim is the Trump supporters did all this but if FBI directed its people to impersonate Trump supporters now you've got a different game well he wouldn't he would not answer the question and since he would not answer the question um, I would say that means the answer is yes to the question that's an opinion to which I'm entitled but Brian Higgins says this after the fact he says hey If the answer was no, you could say no or yes without giving the details of the operation. It doesn't compromise anything unless the answer is yes, Chris.
2: Exactly. It's very revealing. So the answer must be yes. And we know. I mean, Ray Epps, I mean, all but proves. Uh, I can't say beyond any shadow of any doubt that Ray Epps was an FBI informant, but there's a lot of suspicion surrounding him. And um, the fact well, that whether he's uh, an FBI
1: informant or not, matter of not. The fact is, we have evidence that him and his buddies literally fomented this insurrection, and that it wasn't Trump supporters, it wasn't Proud Boys, and it wasn't Oath Keepers. They all got the blame, but proof shows who did it, and whether they're FBI uh, on the FBI payroll or whether they're FBI agents or others or affiliated or directed or whatever weird words you want to use for this, it really doesn't matter. Because these criminals should be in prison regardless. Uh, I mean, it does matter because we want to know that the government's involved in this. Uh, but it doesn't matter in terms of we know who done it already. Right? I mean, it's on it's on video. You can't deny that Ray Epps whispers in Ryan's ear and that Ryan went and pushed the uh, barricades over. You can't deny that Ray Epps goes up to the police line and whispers in other people's ears. You can't deny that Scaffold Man who we don't know the name of that person. That's why we call him Scaffolding Man. But he's involved with Ray Epps. Ray Epps on the ground leading the people. um, And Scaffold Man from basically the air up up on the building doing the same thing. They worked in unison. It's beyond debate that they worked in unison for this, Chris. It's too provable in the videos. This is not questionable. Or in in debate. What's in debate is the government won't touch this with a 10-foot pole, and we can't... um, move forward as long as they control the narrative that's where we the people if we let this stand chris we're going to be yeah. in trouble because then the next one and the next one and the next one only going to get worse and more brazen and in your face because we the people have done nothing to chain them down with the constitution people should go to prison over this including ray
2: exactly i mean he should at least be indicted and two scriptures come to mind in connection with what we just discussed here sam one is seeking you shall find now, i'm a nobody you know, you, you know, at least you you're a radio talk show host, but you know, I have a regular day-to-day work workday bloke job. Yet I can uncover these facts. And the average American person, the retired person who sits around and watches Fox and News all day, thinking he or she is a conservative, can't uncover these facts. The information's there, and Jesus said, "Seeking, ye shall find." And I think it is relative to our situation because well, and you the know, government the work-
1: could certainly. I mean, people who are honest in the government could find this too. We should have whistleblowers yep. everywhere, Chris.
2: We should. Um, Ted Cruz. Now, Ted Cruz uh, has invoked the name of Ray Epps, and he also um, he also talked about um, Ryan Samsel and the Ray Epps-Ryan Samsel exchange that we just talked about in Congress. Uh, Ted Cruz mentioned it once or twice. Why isn't he screaming from the top of his lungs saying, hey, there needs to be congressional investigations on this? and I, maybe he is maybe we're just not seeing well
1: him. And, and ted cruz at least he mentioned it where are all the other hundred senators to back your ninety-nine yeah. senators to back him on one hand we like to be critical of those who don't you know speak out enough um but we don't give credit when they do speak out if i speak out on something and no one has my back how long can i justify my continued speak out on something at some yeah, point i just point. say hey if it matters if my life mattereth not to my friends Maybe it doesn't matter to me, kind of a a mentality. Now, I agree we should still speak out. I'm just making a point that how much do you expect a senator to deliver political capital on something um, when no one has his back? When uh, Ted Cruz spoke out about this, I didn't hear anybody else having his back, but he was pretty bold in the hearings. He asked some hardcore questions, just like um, this Joel Skousen report of Representative Brian Higgins. Who's got Ryan's back? How many people are just doubling down? 433 or 34 more congressmen uh, backing um, Brian? See, I don't see anybody backing these guys. When they stand up, they just take all the heat. How long do we expect people to do that? How long do people yeah. expect me to be a talk show host for 25-plus years and bring all this to your attention? I've had life threat, my life threatened over the years. I've had, how long do you expect me to do it with no backing, no funding, no support really?
2: Well, hopefully, until um, all of these secrets will be revealed, and that was my next scripture I was going to read, I take comfort in the fact, Sam, that uh, according to Luke 12, 2-3, the Savior said, There is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. These folks think they're getting away with something, Sam, but they don't, like, apparently they're atheists because they don't realize that all these secret works that they're involved with will eventually come out, and everybody, and I mean everybody, will know.
1: Yep, and we're seeing more and more of it. You know, Ray Epps whispered in Ryan's ear, uh, and literally it's now gone viral. Even on Liberty Roundtable Live, we cover uh, the details of what must have been said by the actions that follow it. We don't have the exact words, but we certainly have... The order, because right after that whisper was the action uh, that related to it. And I don't believe that the action had nothing to do with the whisper. Uh, But I've got one final story before the end of the hour I want to highlight. Vaccinated people now make up the majority of COVID deaths, Chris, in the United States. For the first time since the, quote, beginning of the great COVID lie, Um, people who are vaccinated are dying in greater numbers than the non-vaccinated
2: i heard that and that was on mainstream media sam i think we're making progress yeah
1: yep that's according to the new analysis of federal and state data chris so it's a sad day because i don't want anybody to die Uh, i believe ivermectin is one of the great solutions there's a lot of other solutions as well um and we've talked about those literally for two plus you know almost three years now uh but all i'm telling you is we knew this would happen We warned against it. We spoke up and said something. They laughed and mocked and jeered and criticized uh, and and said we were peddling fake news. At the end of the day, we were right. They were wrong. Uh, And now even the mainstream admits we were correct. And now, why would Joe Biden be able to sign, as I mentioned this a little earlier uh, in the show, Joe Biden has signed the international, quote, agreement uh, to force vaccination passports? But now that you know that vaccinated people are dying in greater numbers than the non-vaccinated, you've really got to give pause to what Joe's doing now, Chris.
2: Yeah, now it comes down to the grassroots level. I mean, if our leaders are not obliged to do the right thing, then it devolves upon the people, just like in our founding fathers era. And I don't mean to say that we need to take up arms yet. We discussed this a couple of weeks ago. But we need to push back, and we're not doing enough. There, there's so many things that we could do um, in well, Arizona.
1: A third I think, of the Americans, hundred million, pushed back and said we're not doing vaccine passports. It'd be over, Chris.
2: Yeah, that's right. It would all. It would only take it, maybe even seventy-five million or fifty million. It, it's it's hard to say what the number is, but you know, in our founding area only a fraction of the people were behind overthrowing the tyranny of Great Britain, and it worked. Eventually, a lot more people got involved when we started winning wars and battles. But, um, yeah, either way, you know, an army of one, as long as you're aligned with God, is sufficient to overthrow I'm going to use my
1: liberty to obey the law, ladies and gentlemen. That requires standing on moral principle. Do
2: the rap, Chris. Yes, sir. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and Liberty Loving Patriots everywhere, continuing our duty, sir. For the Liberty Roundtable
1: Live staff, we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore America, but you got to get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right, will you? We declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America.